0: Chemtrails is intended for mature audiences only. Today's show is brought to you by Percival Designs. Do you need a new website or logo for your small business? Head over to www.percivaldesigns.com. That's www.p-r-c-i-v-a-l-d-e-s-i-g-n-s.com to schedule your free design consultation today. Percival Designs specializes in graphics and brandings for small businesses and entrepreneurs so you can continue to focus on what's important your customers. Again, that's www.percivaldesigns.com and it's 100% free for a design consultation. It's time to put your branding first. Hey, what's up? This is Pace Poetry and you are listening to Chemtrails Podcast. don't feel like 90s r music, I want no parts. I travel too long down this road of broken hearts from all this new music with these new lines spitting the same rhymes, all of them so confused. Hell, I can't seem to figure out my own move from all these saturated messages. This is killing my vibe. I need that kind of love that can take me to the depths where infinity lies. Oh, how I remember the little games we played. <laughs> Damn, how the rules of this love game has changed. Technology advancements of auto-tunes, mixed, and masses have dudes thinking they all hold the major key. But it'll take more to get the key to my heart. I'm not interested in a billboard hit. I need a classic that'll stand to test the test of time. The kind of love that'll make me believe I can fly. Give me the courage to chase that waterfall. Let me see our vision of love written up above. Show me that my love is not in vain and come ease this pain of mine. Blind me to the replica five forms of love. No, no relationship goals needed. Cause this will be no ordinary love You plus me will equal a sweet bliss of eternity Yes, the best things in life are free And if I ever fall in love again It has to feel like 90s R&B
1: trust podcast i'm your host mo chris along with trader dre
2: what's up what's up
1: what's up we got ap on too but we we ap get in his his technical difficulties together <laughs> but anywho but today man I'm, we excited man we got pace poetry online right now with us say say something to our listeners pace
0: hey listeners
1: now I'm trying to out, act out shy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so all, we, and, and we're going to have a great show today. We're going to keep this so fun and energetic and, and everything. So, and you know how what we do. First, let's start with what's on your mind. <laughs> and I don't know what you have today, Dre, but what I, what I have for what's on my mind, I have two things. I'm going to just toss it up in the air. All right, we got WAP. Y'all already know what WAP means? Wings and pizza. Nah. <laughs> no. We got
2: <laughs>
1: We got WAP <laughs> and we got Kamala Harris. Which one y'all want to start first? Uh, you know I'm ready to dive in.
2: WAP. WAP. Go ahead and do it, man. Do it, do it.
1: WAP, 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 watch you do. Okay. So, WAP, man, we have of course everybody know that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, you know Houston's own Megan Thee Stallion. You know, they collaborated on a new song called WAP. And WAP is an acronym for wet ass p Panani. You know what I'm saying?
2: So Well done, Chris.
1: Yeah, yeah, well done. So and, and and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I actually was agreeing to Cardi B point, but I, I still have a rebuttal towards that too as well. So she was saying that even though she's getting all the criticism, especially the conscious community, which is, you know, I can't lie, I'm part of that community as well. She's getting a lot of backlash, but she's saying, hey, y'all streaming my music. They got conscious or positive rap music out there. It's out there, but it's just not getting streamed. So obviously everybody's listening to her music, but my thing is with that is, I mean, okay, it's kind of like giving like I think of what Dr. Boyce was saying, like, that's kind of like, it's candy for a kid, but you know, it's not good for them to take, why should we still do things that you know is uh, detrimental to the community? So I was just trying to, especially little girls, little black girls, I know that's been the, the focus, but uh, I just want to hear y'all take on it, on, on this new WAP thing and the backlash from it.
0: Can I go first?
2: Oh, girl, please, <laughs>
1: please.
0: <laughs>
2: please jump in there.
0: I have a lot to say. Granted, I am, I more so consider myself a womanist because I'm about the community as a whole, but black feminist as well. And mm-hmm. at times, uh, you know, at the beginning part, I, you know, I'm like, okay, women, we have so many stories. Me being a poet, you go to a poetry show that I've done where it's just straight women, black women in particular we have so many stories to tell. So it's kind of like we, it doesn't center around that. However, as I started listening to a lot of the negative backlash, I just started to really, really pinpoint and think about it. Because even with my birthday, I chose to be a little risque with my photos. And you start to think like, oh, is this doing too much? Am I supposed, is a woman supposed to be like this? Is a lady supposed to be like that? But who set the standards for how a woman or a, la- or a supposed to act like a lady? Men. Mm. Because, mm. And, 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 we, and women we are set we are told to follow these guidelines in order to get what amen and mm. if we follow these guidelines it guarantees that we will get amen i mean we have a whole chapter in the bible dedicated to how a woman is supposed to be acting so it's like we we have these guidelines set for us and i and then i i saw the video of the father saying Oh, what what type of example are you setting for my daughters? Well, what are you ex- what are you telling your daughter? How ha- how are you treating black women? How are you setting an example to your daughter as far as how she's supposed to be treated, how she's supposed to be carrying herself? Because no one is saying to these male rappers, "You setting a bad example for my sons." Blah blah blah. For them not to the be drug dealers and that.
2: No mm-hmm. one saying
0: that. But because this comes out, and granted. People have been saying this all, for a long, long time. Just some people can be a little bit better at using metaphors. Yeah,
1: yeah. They
0: just—they—they they just really just straightforward. You know, it is what it is. But even one of my classmates, she actually went viral with the with with saying with her tweet that said, "Megan is saying the same thing that Janae a, Janae Ayako is saying. It's up for her. She's petite and, and whispering, and she's yeah. not lying. So it all depends. It it depends on the delivery." and who's doing it and i think people are making it a big deal because we have been as women told how we're supposed to act and carry ourselves based on male standards however on the flip note i get the other side too because in the music industry they're wanting women to degrade themselves and to sell sex and so that's and so you so when you get rappers like rhapsody who i love whose album eve is just straight womanist work like it just embodies just everything that i'm studying right now ain't messing with it and B b's right they not messing with it right this guy made a point on one of his posts i mean his delivery was really whoo but he made a point when black artists are doing the positive stuff like when you had the new additions well, they come out and they package a white group like New Kids on the Block, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But, but they and don't bad. have, but they don't have, but they not having these white artists doing the same thing like the Cardi B's and Megan's and stuff like that. They want us to continue to corrupt our own community in that type of way, but it's, and it's kind of like, well, what is actually sexual? It's so many layers to this, you know, like- it's, It is.
2: It's,
0: it's, a, it's a lot of layers. It's, and I feel like there's no right or no wrong, but I feel just the delivery as far as the attacks have been just, it, it's been, re- it, show, it shows the real double standard. But like, why do you know, they buy the double it? Standard.
2: Why, why do they buy it? That's my question. Like, if it wasn't going to sell, they wouldn't do it. So, when you look at who's buying it, it ain't really, who's buying the most rap music out there? It ain't Black people. But, you know, so it's why everybody. They sell, so why do they buy? If everybody to trip, that they, that they truly want in it. And that's the thing, it's like what she's saying, you know, they want black women to sell sex. Why? Why? Yeah. Why do these guys want to buy that? Why is that a thing that's so popular, so prevalent that more than 60% of the viewership, listenership, whatever, is going to come from a race that is mm-hmm. not black, that is not Latino? It's just something I got to ask. It's like, well, if that's the that's point, in all the money. Is it something that that they have like some some deep desire for? I'm just curious about that. It's a
0: fet feti- fetishism. It's what I'm saying. I'm trying to make sure I'm pronouncing the word right. But feti- fetishism. You know, they they uh, fetishize uh fetishize about. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, yeah, we got you, girl. Black. <laughs> so
0: I'm like sorry, you know what I'm saying? Can even tell I'm an English teacher? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they definitely well, fetish by think... the black bodies.
1: I'm I'm hearing both of you guys argue, and I think the reason why it's such a big deal right now because of 2020. Meaning, we are saying, okay, this is not the time for it, because you know, and, and it's hard to get all of us on the same page. And so, any time where they can use, because every, everybody's a tool, so anytime they can use our artists against the, against our own best interests. And it always works. I mean, of course, it's going to sell. And then uh, for those who say, "Hey, this is sexual liberation," hey, we're in the times where sexual liber- liberation is accepted. I mean, you can literally become a whole nother gender right now. So I, I don't buy the sexual liberation part. I do understand everything you say. Sex sells, and and let's just keep it real. That that's what everybody wants to hear, but. Is it a right time for right now? And that's my final conclusion on that. Is I don't think it's a proper thing to do as right now, 2020, while we're trying to arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor.
0: Please arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor.
1: (laughs) And so next, I wanted to discuss Kamala Harris. She's just got—I want to say just got—but Joe Biden announced his VP, Kamala Harris. And so I was not surprised because when they was talking about him electing a black woman to be his VP, everybody knew that, okay, this is my last black card. I'm going to wait to the last minute to do it. And it was between her, (laughs) Stacey Abrams, and who else? It was Stacey Abrams or somebody else. I can't remember. But I already knew Kamala. I said, he's going to pick Kamala. And they try to play on them being like, not enemies, but going back and forth at each other at the debates and stuff. But come on, Kamala had the she got the biggest popularity. She also was a presidential nominee, and her prosecution record, which I don't approve of. But in the eyes of conservative people, even though she's Democrat, right? But in the eyes of conservative people, like, hey, she's very she's very opposed to law. She locks people up without remorse, and this is the person we need. Which I don't agree to that, but. What y'all think about Kamala Harris and the being vice president and all that?
2: Let me go. Let me jump in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. She's like, she like, I hate to say it like this. She is like a presidential wet dream, right? She mm. is for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. She checks all the boxes, man. She checks every box that could possibly be checked. First of all, she falls into the category of black, right? Even though she's clearly mixed, right? But One Drop does it, so...
1: I don't she, like calling her black because she doesn't call herself black.
0: Hey,
2: She doesn't call herself black. Hey, first
1: she... First of
0: all... She was an HBCU.
2: I'm going to say it like this. I don't care. If, <laughs> if, they, if, if anybody's looking at her and they're saying, hey, what's that woman? She black. That's That's what she is. Just like, so that's, I'm gonna just leave it at that. But she black, she Asian, she is Democrat. She backs the blue. <laughs> so it's like, how you- She's he, basically a cop herself. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, that's a job. So you really can't knock it. But at the same time, it's like, she checks all the boxes. She pulls all the weight right out from under uh, the other vice president. What's mm-hmm. he gonna do? Stand on his Christian values? In the face of the turmoil that's going on, what are you going to do, get up there and preach about Jesus? Mm. Instead, you know, right now, she's going to be able to hard hit on every major issue. And, I mean, like, I think everybody's already kind of got it in their minds. It comes down to these vice vice presidential debates. Mike Pence is about to get ate up. I mean, like, ate up in an ugly way. You know, Mike Pence ain't got to
1: do nothing. but,
2: But that's the thing. And so that's why I look at it now. And I'm like, I see my boy, CJ, the smart guy talking about hey, this, the way this go down. Trump may very well pull Pence off the ticket, throw in like Candace Owens. See what happens. No no, <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. P- Pace, what you got, Pace? I don't, even
0: <laughs> to that. I, don't, I don't even know how to follow that one. I don't even know how to follow that one. I mean, oh, I, 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 I can't, as a black woman, speak negatively about another black woman because she is black. Her daddy black. Her mom's Indian, not Asian.
1: <laughs> her daddy super. Her daddy super. He he, he looked like Ron Osley <laughs> with the slick back. What what about uh AP? We got AP. I thought I heard him. AP hey, man, you got the last yeah, man. word, I, man. I was wondering if y'all was going to
3: let me say something, man. Damn. <laughs> Lee. Between you and you, Dre, man, I don't get to say shit no more, man. You had technical difficulties. Yeah, man. that was you at, you at the beginning, listen. man. I've been on here for about 10 minutes, man, listening, trying to say something. <laughs> God damn. But no, I ain't got nothing, man. You ain't got nothing for WAP, man. You ain't got nothing for WAP. What that WAP nah, do? Nah, man, I, that, man, between WAP and uh, Kamala Harris, like I said, you just got to read in between the lines. Everything is a distraction, so it's right between it. the lines.
2: Exactly. But, but, AP, did you watch the video?
3: No, I have not. I have not seen the whole thing. I not yet. I saw the video. I the video. Yeah, I'm not. I just, like, man, what, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm I like, one of those guys that don't feed into the hype, bro. I like, oh, you got to watch, like Breaking Bad. Oh, you got to watch that. It's best show ever. I, I never watched it just because they hyped it up too much, just like with this wop. Skin hiked up too much.
0: The only thing I, I have to say... suggest you watch the video.
1: Y- yeah, you probably should. I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah well, I, I might check
3: watch it, watch it out.
1: The, the only <laughs> thing I don't like, I say this video is raunchy. And, and yes, we had... Somebody was like, we got tip drill, you know, BT uncut, all that. I know those can be worse than this video, but what makes this one so raunchy is Cardi B part, when she had her, her breast seeds out. The camera zoomed in so I'm saying and it was moving. So that just lets you know they are pushing the bar for for things. It's it's no different to what they did on Walking Dead with the on that season where the dude was bashing his uh dude head in and put that on national TV. You be like, damn, those are two different things. No, but it shows them how they can just keep pushing the bar. And next day you know, mm. But anyway, we're gonna move on. That was what's on your mind, and now we're about to go into the takeoff.
2: Want to be part of the chemtrails family join the group you can find us on facebook and ask for access to our group you'll be one of the first to know everything chemtrails
1: all right all right we're back for the takeoff and since we have pace poetry am going to introduce our guest pace poetry is First of all, she's a, a mother, a poet, a author, educator. And she has so many hats that, man, I'm pretty sure I might have forgot something within it. So, and I just wanted to give her a proper introduction to the Kim Trails family. I've been knowing her for a while now and following her for years. Me and my wife, we used to go to our shows all the time. And and those poetry lines, she know man, they, they it's more than just snapping fingers. They actually get down. And yes, and you end up buying a lot of drinks just by with the poets and, and everything. She makes you laugh, she, she makes you I don't wanna say cry, she makes you think, she makes you you're gonna get all the emotion if you follow po- um Pace poetry. So I'm gonna let her speak and let her tell her about herself and yeah, go ahead and take
0: it. Dang, I mean I I feel like you did everything and like made me feel like I was really somebody. Yeah. Just a piggyback, I'm a poet. I've been doing poetry for, well, performance poetry for, ooh, I want to say right, almost 10 years now. Oh almost. God. Not quite, probably like eight years. I can't, I can't remember, but yes, yeah, so I kind of, do that. I have a book. I'm an author. I taught English, uh, middle school, sixth through eighth grade for five years, then community college for a year before moving to Atlanta to pursue my PhD in the Department of Humanities and Africana Women's Studies. I am a mother of two boys, 17 and 13. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, booze. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I never shout them out, hey, Sean and Steph,
1: <laughs> And they some they some women, uh, women, they some lady killers, man. Them boys look good, man. Hey, I feel sorry for you. I know you, they probably be ringing off the hook. Look
2: at my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, oh, and
0: also I am an assistant manager for R&B artist Jay Howell who is thebomb.com. He has his album. his EP, The Red Room. You know, I got to shout that out, Red Room. And a cute diversion and all that good stuff. And the brother can sing, sing. Not, no auto-tunes. He sounds just like the album. Mm,
1: nice. Just
0: that after that after.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. When we get started with our first question, just let's go back to the poetry. What made you... First, diet, What makes you get into it? How did you develop the passion and the love for it? What just make you gravitated to, to poetry?
0: I have to take it all the way back to high school when in 11th grade, no, 10th grade, I'm sorry, 10th grade, so I was about 15. Yeah, when it was time for the poetry session of our lesson, she was making us write poems in class, so Back in ninth grade, I was able to steal songs, put a new title to it. Teacher never knew because they, they would, because they was at the, end of the time I had mm-hmm. white teachers, so I know they wasn't listening to Ali or nothing like that, so I could get away with it. <laughs> I never saw myself as you know writing poetry, but in 10th grade, she forced it out of me. And with me being a young adolescent, trying to find my way, parents, so I'm feeling like they don't understand me, type of thing. I started to. Then start, of course, liking boys, all that type of stuff. I found poetry as an outlet, well, writing poetry. Fast forward some time, something just kind of like, seeing people on stage, I was like, kind of want to try it. First time I ever did it, like, besides church and reading, but like trying to remember, you know, perform it. Yeah. Bombed, like, couldn't remember a word, a line. <laughs> and it was Chris's friends that then the band, The City they were okay. there and like they they talked they they took me outside they was like listen we're going to play behind you we're going to sing behind you just bring your notebook up and just read it and just do it that way and so i ended up getting through that moment and then just started kind of like practicing going to the first poetry experience that i really had was at word of mouth shout out to my girl bossy Mossy cuz i shout her out because i feel like without her Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have developed the brand Pace Poetry. Like, Pace Poetry wasn't even like a name I was even thinking of. Like, it was my Twitter name. Like, if my mm-hmm. brother's friend gave me my Twitter name, I needed a new Twitter name. I was like, give me a new Twitter name. He's like, Pace Poetry. I was well, like, okay, yeah. So it was like, not, you know, but she started calling me Pace Poetry. And every time it was a every Wednesday event for a year. And every Wednesday she, did not let me sit down. Like, I'd be like, nah, I ain't gonna perform, nah, nah, nah. She's like, oh no, you're gonna get up here and do something. You're gonna do best friend, you're gonna do something. You're not gonna sit up in this audience. But having her push me, helped me find a love for it. But then I began to realize that it's more than a love. Like when I started to see what my words did to people, then I realized it's something powerful in what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So it was more than just me doing something that I love, me doing something that's a hobby. I realized even though I may not be getting the bread like you would want to get, but it's not a hobby for me. This is my purpose. This is what I've been put here to do. My voice, my words, my performance is put here to touch people in ways that only I can do so. So I I'm telling stories, you know, seeing people's reaction crying coming up to me saying that poem was about them and things like that, that kind of set the tone. And now I know that I, what I'm doing, what I've been placed here to do, which is to use my voice and speak. Never thought I would, because I, I feel like I have a speech impediment. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Hey, I definitely got one. <laughs> I,
3: think, I think everybody
2: do. Can I, can I ask, so you mentioned your friend kind of gave, one of your friends gave you your Twitter handle, another friend helped you kind of brand the name Pace Poetry. like. Was that like a whole new experience in terms of actually having to think of yourself outside of just, hey, I'm whoever I am, but there's also this other media slash business side of me that is something completely different, that this is all these people in the audience will ever know of me, so here's what I can give them. You know, is that, is that, was, that a, was that a whole new experience for you or had you ever done anything like that before?
0: It's still a whole new experience for me. <laughs> like, it... it's kind of surreal when you hear people say oh I just came here to see you you know and I'm like me so it I, I don't think I even I don't think I've gotten used to it I don't even think I've taken the time or that it really has registered so when I have people coming to me like one experience and it was out here recently I'm on campus at Clark Atlanta and me and my my classmates we're was, we're we're outside the classroom, you know, just talking, having a conversation and a girl walks in the hallway and she's like, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking like she's wanting to speak. So I'm like, you know, hey, you know, she's so not annoying. And so she's like, feeling like she's star short, and she kind of like comes up to me. And she's like, are you Pace portrait? And I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh no, she's not doing this to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, girl, you the star, girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, this is me for me. And she's like, I was like, yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, I'll follow you. And I'm like, really? And just the, her interaction, like, she was still, it was the kind of still hard for her to speak. Or even like, I was in LA and me and her men as a woman, we follow each other now. But she's like, here pays poetry. Like, you just don't know, but you're my mentor. And I'm like, I'm like, what are these people fighting? So it really still doesn't register for me. Like, so it's, I know I'm a brand. And I know I'm a business. And so I try to that's why I'm very, I'm very cautious of what I put on Instagram. Mm. <laughs>
2: Except for the birthday photos. Except for the birthday pictures. That was my first. I, I was like trying to learn who you were. I was like, But like, oh,
0: I was but I was still strategic in what I when I was doing it. I was it was the sexual liberation.
2: Uh-huh. Right, <laughs> right. Tell my wife, like, listen, baby, this ain't one of them. No, this is not what I'm um. <laughs> Click, click,
3: click. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But I got you know, a question for you, Paige.
0: I'm very cautious of what I'm posting. Like now in the stories, you're gonna see more. I feel like in my stories, uh, because it deletes in 24 hours, you see more of my my true personality. Even though I try to convey it, but I feel like with Instagram I have to still scale it back. Now Twitter, you get something else, you're gonna get all sides of me. But it's 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 kind of It's a shift, and so I have to, sometimes I have to remind myself when I'm getting ready, I'm like, okay, you got to get in Pace Poetry mode now. Like, right now, you're not done yet. You got to get in Pace Poetry mode, and you got to... So it it, it really is. When you hear people talk about an alter ego, you really do become someone else. And for the poems I do, I'm trying to make sure I'm not spitting them the same way. I have one where it's like I'm a psychotic person. I have one where I'm having to make sure that I am embodying these speakers these roles and stuff that i'm writing about and that i'm performing so it can be it's challenging and i haven't got used to it yet so if i answered your question
3: yeah, i got a question for you uh first of all i'm digging the hair got that soul sister look yeah yeah i likes that i like that so I, I like how you kind of said that you consider pace poetry as a band as a brand slash business so that kind of segue into the question I was going to ask you. And basically my question is, what's next for Pace for you? What do you see yourself like, you know, within a year to five years? Like, what, what's the next step? What, what are you trying to reach? What goal are you trying to get to?
0: I'm going to be completely transparent. With this move to Atlanta two years ago now, yeah, made two years now, everything has been so unpredictable that things that I didn't know that I will be doing, I, I'm doing, I can't really say exactly. I do know that I've been on, I don't really want to say an hiatus, but I just, I haven't been able to get poems out like I used to. Right. And I, it's, and I, and, but, and I, and I've been so hard on myself cause I feel backed up, you know, like I got so much to say, but it's just not coming. But I also feel like maybe it's because I was going so hard for so many years. Like, especially the years that I was teaching. I was teaching Monday through Friday and then the weekend, I'm performing. You know, I'm doing something. And so maybe this is God's will like trying to make set me down to where I'm not producing the same type of content. And especially since my knowledge is gaining more, I'm obtaining more knowledge about our history and things. And I want to make sure that I'm coming from the Pace Poetry that I'm evolving to. So I really can't say exactly where right. I'm really at. This unknown state, like it, everything is like it's so different and it's such a shift. I always even imagine as a kid, me being in the music industry some kind of way, and then like some kind of way I'm in doing that too, all involved. So it's kind of like I'm I'm really truly at an unknown place. I know that's not the the answer that people be want to hear. Like you know, most people want right. to like I see myself, but I really. I I don't see it yet. And that's because things have been so unpredictable, but I do know that poetry is still me and it's who I am. It's, it's my life. So I know that it's going to explode again. It's just that I can't say when I don't, I don't really know.
1: Yeah. So one more question before we get into the next segment. So for those listeners out there that's aspiring to be poets and stuff, can you let us know about the business side of it? Like what's the behind the scenes, the, the writing, the, the touring, the, the networking you have to do. So just way that we can give some uh, insight to the listeners that aspiring to be the next pace.
0: Okay. So there's so many things because you'll be the problem with this industry is that people don't respect us. as Mm. as true artists to where they still see a a lot of times they still see poetry as just a hobby. And so when they want some different type of talent, oh, I don't want to get a singer or a rapper. I want to get something different. and bring a new vibe to it. Let's get a poet. And then they want to throw, oh, it'll be great exposure for you. Is Mm. is exposure going to get my gas?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Is it going to give me back my time? And then you have people who... It's been so many things that I've experienced business-wise with having to sell tickets. If you don't sell enough tickets, you can't hit the stage. You got to, you know. So you had, I had to learn the hard way of a lot of things. Even doing things for free, where people ended up wasting my time. And I'm showing up to an event, people don't know I'm supposed to be performing. And once somebody tells me they don't know I'm supposed to be performing, that means you haven't related. I'm no longer interested. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of things, but I do know that you have to build your name up. So one thing I would say is hone in on your talent figure out what works for you find your voice don't compare it to anyone else's because I for the longest the reason why I didn't want to I was I wasn't as confident was because I didn't sound like slam poets with the scene like those that's not me I'm very country kind of hood when I'm when I'm spitting so it's not the same thing but find your voice as in, in practice rehearse of course you must rehearse and you got to make sure that just your poems are embodied inside of you so then when you are hitting up open mics i do suggest hitting up open mics i don't care how big you get you still sometimes got to hit up open mic test test your stuff out when people start approaching you and wanting you to perform pick a price that, that works for you because at the end of the day you're not only a lot of times with events they're asking you to come with something brand new to fit their theme. So that means you not, you not only have to write a new poem, you got a few now have to rehearse it. You got to get it together. Like, so it's not an easy task. So know your worth and don't settle. Like again, with that comes knowing things. Like there are some certain things where I will do for free, especially when it involves kids and especially when it involves young black girls. I will definitely give myself freely to it a lot of times, but again, you still got to know your limits. So as you're building your brain, you you got to know it. they. But at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong way. They're gonna make them. You're gonna make your mistakes. You're gonna have to experience certain things where it doesn't pan out the way you want, so that you'll know what not to do. Was it something else to that question?
1: No, nah, uh, you pretty <laughs> much was 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 answering it because uh, I always wanted to see you on Deaf Poetry Jam with, with, with right. Russell Simmons, you know how they used to do it back in the day. I, was, I know. I, I was know. at
0: college I, I back tried, then. I tried to be on Versus and Flow. I really did. Oh, okay. I really did. But I caught, I caught them when it was, they had already picked the poets. Because mm. somebody, somebody I knew actually introduced me to the producer at the time of the show. And so we were emailing back and forth, but the timing, nothing fell through, so. Yeah, I I, want, I would I wish the show would actually come like that. But I wanted to even because on those, you know, it's be so don't get me wrong, I know you gotta be quiet, but I kind of wanted to show like the real poetry scene, like you were saying, you know, it's not just the
1: yeah. not just
0: No, we a... we uh, you get rowdy, like you because I feed off energy. If I, if it's silent, it's kinda like, oh geez. <laughs> <laughs>
1: man man there we go we have pace poetry and like i said this is gonna be a great show y'all stay tuned and we're gonna go right into our cruising altitude
0: i want to love in black see nothing's easy about being black i want the love that knows how to love me in black when being black is all i have left to give Black love is strength and power. It has been conditioned to survive, brings laughter in the toughest times, knows how to take the scraps and feed the soul. Black love is having faith to leave everything when you get that call and still thriving against the odds 20 years later. Will and Jada. It's holding it all down, cause you see something far greater than I can see. Your dream lies within me, Denzel and Pauletta. Staying committed with opposite sides staring back at us. Freeze the spirit even within the cage, Pap and Remy. Our pillow talk is business talk. Bouncing off ideas then closing deals, J and B is taking the oath to always keep it presidential. Barack and Michelle vowing to march through the fire hand in hand on the front line. Martin and Coretta. Love, that death can't part, but gives hope that there's something better awaiting beyond this earthly form. Nip and Lauren, like my parents, who saw that there was no love outside of their love. When it's real, it deserves another chance. Yes, I want to love in black because nothing's easy. And I repeat, nothing's easy about being black i want the love that knows how to love me in black when being black is truly all i have left to give all
1: right guys we back we in our cruising altitude we got pace man and the conversation is live, man. We're going at it. So man, we're just gonna keep things going. And so we're gonna start it off. Uh Dre, don't you have a question ready for uh Pace?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was uh, I know you're proud mother two uh, young men. Proud? I will
0: say I'm gonna say mother. you are gonna
2: revise that for the show.
0: Uh, <laughs> don't don't <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey y'all, she was shotting y'all out earlier too. But it's it's been a it's been a pretty turbulent 2020. Yes. And there's a lot of things going on. And I just kind of wanted to get your take as a mother of young men in the year 2020, it's a lot of changes. What's kind of your hopes, your thoughts, your take on what it takes to see your young men go from teenagers to young men here. <laughs>
0: It is a lot going on in 2020. One of, the take, one of the things that I stand by is that it takes a village to raise a child. I feel that. in this, it's been a shift since we were kids where any adult can be able to tell you something and we respect them as long as, you, as long as your parent knew and you knew that they were telling you something right. Now we're in a culture where it's like, don't say nothing to my child. You can't do this. You, you're, not, you're not the mama. You're not the daddy. Uh, right now in my, my situation, I took a different approach. So my kids are not here with me in Atlanta. So that was a difficult decision that I had to make. But I felt like it was the better choice because I'm coming to something completely unknown, don't really have anything said. I really came here in my car with my with the clothes. Cracked TV. Didn't know it was cracked. Oh gosh, still hurts. But uh, <laughs> you know, I had I had nothing, and so I didn't want to bring them into something so unstable. That especially since they've been used to stability with me, so I decided to leave them with my youngest sons' dad because I got two baby dads. And uh,
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, ain't nobody judging.
0: I ain't care. <laughs> I didn't care, but uh, so because I knew he, I knew he was uh, stable. Him and his wife would take on, so like they're living with another woman. I tell all the time. I say, look, here. I say, if you gotta jack them up a little bit, they get out of line, Shoot, do that, like, cause I'm not, the, I'm not that mother who thinks that you can't discipline my child in a way when I know it's beneficial to them, and I and I feel that community is 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 the best thing, and I think that's what's lacking with our kids really truly evolving and transitioning and they're not li- and nobody's listening to elders anymore. Or do we even still have the elders? Like where are the where are the them grandmas that, that's gonna really talk to you and give you that real? So yeah, I think that that takes a lot that that's what truly helps transition young men. I mean, teenagers to uh, young men to men it, themselves. Like that's what I believe in. I believe in the village.
1: Mm, and and you're right. It does take a village to mm, to raise everybody, especially again 2020. We have to stick together. We gotta pull our resources together, and we just gotta keep it pushing as one unit. So it's it's that's that's great to hear how you and your co-parenting and and how it's like everything we you know everything's reality TV, and so we'll see that. And thinking that's everybody's situation, like no man, there's actually loving families out here. Even we only just see the negative side. That's that's great to
0: hear. And I do, and I do want to add. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give y'all men. This is rare that I really just give men credit. <laughs> oh, because I cause I don't know if you hear my poems. You know, I kind of go in on y'all, but <laughs> 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 but I will say that I've seen. A difference in my boys with them having that male figure on a daily basis and not just being able to do the weekend and stuff. And I've seen the—I mean, it's a—they still did their little teenage stuff, getting in trouble here and there. But I've seen the the change and them being responsible more and really getting on their game and having more drive with that dominant male figure consistent daily in their lives. Hmm. So there y'all go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, well, I, I just want to... Uh, I appreciate... I feel like you was talking to me because um, I'm a father. We all fathers, by the way. And we we very much in our, our children's lives. So I'll pat myself in the
2: back now. Well, I'm just going to say, man, she feel, <laughs> I feel like she just validated everything AP been saying for years to me about what it takes for some of us to, there's a lot of brothers out there that don't have that male influence and how important it is for those of us that are uh, capable of stepping in and trying to fill that void to do it in whatever form we can. So, you know, I know AP be saying that a lot in a lot of our stuff, but that's just, it's the first time we got someone out here that kind of validates that. So it's good to hear.
0: And a woman,
3: right? Yeah, and truth.
0: Ain't
1: a woman, so join the truth. Uh, <laughs>
3: Man, Pace, I feel like you you be segueing my questions, man. You you basically uh, throwing up them live passes for me because I like how you was talking about takes a village and uh, having that strong elder presence, you know, in the, in the young children. And so my next question is actually kind of focused more on your, your teacher ability. And I know, like, it's funny, like you see all these memes uh, that went on last uh, school year at the end when, once COVID hit about all these parents struggling to teach their children and stuff. And then they'd be like, man, I got a new respect for these teachers, man, because I can't do it. And, I mean, it's true. And, like, I, I feel like we don't give the teachers their credit. They're not paid enough. You know what I'm saying? That's why we got so many bad ones because, you know, they don't care. You know, it's, it's not worth it. They just basically it's just a job. You know, they're just getting money. And so my question for you is how hard is it to, I guess, kind of mold and shape the future of our young black children basically because they are the future. So how hard is it for you to do that? And, and, do you, and, and what kind of issues do you run into trying to mold and, and uh, build these children up?
0: Ooh. Um, that's, before I answer that question, I want to comment on one of your things to my bad teachers. I'm gonna be honest. The only reason why they, they end up becoming bad teachers, so to speak, is because uh-huh. administration has drained them completely down to where they have nothing to give anymore. I have to say it, I'm sorry, it's politics. I believe it. <laughs> it's the
3: same in corporate America too. Yeah. Right,
0: but I would say that kids are, despite what we may think of this new generation, they are looking for the discipline, the person who's going to steer them in the right direction. My, my first two years of teaching, they, whew, They were rough. They were real Mm -hmm. rough. My first year was at Cullen Middle School, and then my last four years was at Holland Middle School. So Cullen was on the south side, uh, Sunnyside, South Park side of uh, Houston, and then Holland was in the Pleasantville area, close to Fifth Ward. So I'm in the hood, you know what I'm saying? But I feel that as a teacher, it's about understanding the dynamics of a lot of these kids background and what they're dealing with because the these professional developments and they're telling you you know poverty children you got what they feel that you need to do in order to help these poverty children but at the end of the day we kind of know we probably don't have the same exact story as these kids but we kind of know what they're dealing with so you got to be understanding in a sense but still be firm with them because they're looking for that so i went from first two years of teaching sucking to my last three where i got 42 kids in the classroom and they all doing work some sitting some having to sit at my desk i mean because this is how overcrowded my classroom was Mm -hmm. but there but i have the supposed worst of the worst kids all in one class and they're doing work now so I would say that, and the reason why I was able to do that was because I was able to gain their respect. Now I have to go off a few times and let them show that <laughs> I want no punk. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me no punk, bitch. Me no punk. Bitch. Yeah, you know. So I mean, but you do, You have to show them that because I mean, these kids are growing up. A lot of our kids, especially our our own, they're growing up rough. So mm. they they they're getting it, and you know, they have so many issues going on at home. They come to school. They ain't trying to hear what you trying to say. They don't. They don't care. They just. They just there. You know, it's an escape from their their home life. They there with their friends. They kicking it with the boo. So you gotta gain your respect. And like, I mean, I've done some unconventional things, and I'm not ashamed of them because <laughs> when you disrespect me, you gonna, you know, I, I'm I'm a blackout. But now I know the impact that I made because I still have students to this day calling me. Reaching out to me in my DMs, saying they miss me and things of that nature. So I know that I did what I was supposed to do and help shaping them. I have students telling me, "Damon's Pace, I, I, you was the only one who believed in me." You know, I have one student; he had it, had went down the wrong little path a little bit, but now he's trying to get it right and finally trying to finish school. And he's like, "Can you please, when I graduate?" I, it's in San Antonio, but can you please come? Because you was the only one who believed. it. You always told me I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. And so those little things are what they need. They need that reassurance. Mm-hmm. They need that person who's on their who can get on their level, but also know that they that that even though they can get on their level, they're trying to raise them and elevate them to their best potential that they that they know that they can bring out instead of because they already get got somebody at home probably beating them down.
1: Right, right, and and so. Um, to talk about more about you being an educator, mm-hmm. I know that you are in school right now pursuing your PhD in yep. Africana Women's Studies, right? Yep. at um, Clark University. So with that, what are your, your next goals as far as being an educator? I'm
0: trying to think if I want to go back
1: to teaching. <laughs> been kind of scorned, you know? <laughs> or maybe trying to teach on a collegiate level.
0: No, I, I will. I honestly, I will say that I am, the, I am past the teaching English, like knowing your grammar and punctuation and stuff. I do want to have some conversations and some discussions. So I would more than likely teach collegiate, but I would still want to do workshops and, and, and speak and hold things for young black girls and young black boys too. I'm not trying to forget about the boys as well. But I, I just remember myself as a young girl growing up and some of the things that that I that probably could have helped me a little bit with certain programs in place or, you know, being put in programs if my parents knew of the resources that were out there. So those are ways that I would definitely still be in education, teaching poetry, you know, performance poetry, how you can, you know, take the bring the page to the stage, so to speak. So just doing using my gift to educate as well and then using that africana women's studies knowledge and 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 i'm learning my african-american studies too so i'm learning i'm learning a lot like land is oh i feel like i'm just i'm just not learning like i feel like i've been uh deceived my entire life
3: so mm-hmm. there ain't no pv though i know right yeah. hey well, well hey.
1: i ain't gonna say that
0: because i be at pv homecoming Area, so I, I was about to
1: <laughs> say this. Your, your network is all PV, it's so much PV that I it thought is. you actually went there with school with us.
0: We're like, Hold on, I ain't people. never like, seen those. Okay, when you go PV Homecoming, I said, Because I know everybody at PV, I said, I, I went to U of H, I don't know anybody at the now, university. Tell, you
1: know, tell 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 the real you go to PV Homecoming because you know that's the best homecoming of all the colleges. It, it, I, I can't
0: lie, because I went to Clark's. Uh, my first year, they was paying people to get on the yard. <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> Don't say that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like people who didn't go there, they had to enter one gate. People who went, they had to enter another gate. And I had my homegirl fly in. We like, we like, we finna hit homecoming. We, like we, we didn't go to PV homecoming that year because we like, we gonna try our Clark's. <laughs>
2: we
0: left. We left and went to a happy hour. And did I think, I was just like, oh, I
1: should have went to PV. You, you ain't leaving home PV home coming to the next morning. <laughs>
0: man, you got to force yourself to leave. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> man, man, man. Like I said, guys, this has been an episode, man. And so hate, but we're going to have to move it on to the landing.
0: feel like one mentor can help you in every every area of your life like I feel I have a spiritual mentor he's where and he's a different type of spiritual mentor because he gonna cuss me out like and tell me get your head out your ass type of thing (laughs) but I I be needing that I and you know people call me their mentor that's still shocking um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. But, you know, it's mainly, but again, they have me ask with poetry, you know, helping them with their writing, asking me, as far as what do I think about their writing, what can they do? So I feel that mentorship is important when you can find the right kind. I personally don't believe in the pain for mentorship. Because then I feel like where's the genuineness of this person actually growing? Like I feel like it's now it's just just about business. Because I don't put that much time into the people who consider me that mentor. When they call me and they are asking me questions, they need help on something and something, then they then I do that and then I'll check in on them, asking if they're okay, how they doing, and things like that. But it's not this. I'm not helping them execute anything per se but I am giving them advice when needed on certain areas, which is the same thing my mentor does for me.. Gotcha.
1: To catch exclusive content from this episode or any of our previous episodes, subscribe to our patreon at Chemtrails Podcast. All right, guys, we're back for the landing. This is one of our least favorite parts of the show when we have to end it. First of all, before I let the other two guys go, I just want to tell you to a a uh, thank you for coming out on our show. And just to give a little backstory, man, we were so last minute with this uh, interview. I literally hit her up yesterday and said, hey, you come on or whatever. And let me tell you, she did not hesitate. She was like, oh, I have something, but, you know, let me maneuver. She was maneuvering plans <laughs> and stuff. So. And, and I just want to tell her thank you for that because that just shows you her dedication and she's willing to help everybody. And, and I feel like that's the energy I put out. And so it's good to see that door revolving back to you when you somebody coming for the helping hand. So I just want to thank you. Also, we have her book. She said I got the old cover because, it you know, I bought yeah. it. I this bought it. The new cover. So if Awaken y'all listen to this.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So if that, y'all watching this show. That's actually on a, me on the cover on this one. Oh, let me see <laughs> that. One. Yeah. Y'all heard? It? It's awakening, of, uh, awakening the Pace Awaken of Love. Awakening
0: the Pace of Love. Yes.
1: Right, right, right. Y'all go get the book. Y'all could buy it on Amazon. And what else they can buy the book at? Uh, they can't buy it on Amazon anymore because I do that. all. Uh,
0: just, just DM me. Just okay. DM me. Yeah, I say, yeah, Amazon take a lot, you know what I'm saying? They take a lot of your profit. So yeah. Mm. I always not on that. Do so, oh, right. um, It is pacepoetry.com, but I'm under reconstruction. I need to fix that. Okay. Like I said, I've been like real <laughs> trying to get myself <laughs> together. I'm telling you, moving to whole new city is mm. is, is life changing. So you re- it's like you you starting from you starting scratch. Yeah. You got to yeah. get it together, and so you be thinking you try to get yourself a time frame in a year. You, nah, you gotta you gotta pace yourself. Mm. But DM me pace poetry, I hook you up.
1: Pace <laughs> poetry. So, <laughs> so
2: you mentioned that you know you talked a little bit about your your journey going towards uh working on your PhD and everything like that, and I know you you were talking about potentially taking a step away from from necessarily putting out anything in, in the immediate future. If we had to say what's kind of on the horizon for you, what are like those next goals that you got in mind following your completion of your PhD?
0: I mean, I do have a poetry book that's just on my, that's on my laptop just sitting there that I really need to uh, go ahead and put out its poems. I know a lot of people been asking me to do an album I just don't really care for the way my voice sounds because I'm so country, but...
1: You know. Girl, get over oh. that. Get over <laughs> know. that. But that you know,
0: we're our yeah. you know own self, self-critics, so it's just like I'm listening. I'm like, oh, I sound so country. Like, ooh.
1: You trying to Beyonce this thing. That's why she <laughs> don't do interviews because she thinks she sounds country. But we hear you. the country when she's singing and doing black backflips on stage.
0: She does sound country, but... um. <laughs> So, I, so, I, so I, definitely, yeah. I definitely want to put out the book that's been sitting on my laptop for over a year now. And I do want to get back in the studio and record, because I recorded like two poems before, but I want to go ahead and knock out an album, see what I can come up with eventually too. So I don't know if it'll be all new stuff or having some old stuff, because I know people want the elfed up in the head and the state of elf away from me, pieces and stuff like that you know their favorites if i'm a bitch and i'm a bitch
1: (laughs) and the wop the the wop poems
0: and all that yeah you know so i don't know so i I guess that'll come to me like when i get the when i actually get the creative vision for what i would want to do i see the thing is i don't want to put out an album just because people are telling me to and because I feel like everyone is doing it and I need to, it's so it's time for Pace to put out an album too. I wanna to make sure I have a clear direction. So when I'm actually in there, it's as far as I, I know exactly what I wanna do, what I wanna sound like, what I want the album to convey. Because again, I've invo- I have evolved from a lot of the poems that I've written. Now some I can still spit, of course, but I'm not just into bashing men anymore. I mean, I'm giving y'all a break. Maybe.
3: We appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Yeah,
2: we appreciate. <laughs> I, I think that's a that's a cool concept. First of all, because it's like I look back and I look on some of the the people who and the poets, the artists, and and everyone who's kind of like really influenced me. It's always interesting because as they evolve, in a lot of ways, they bring their the fans along with them on that evolution. And that's their chance to help some of us grow as we progress with them. So I applaud that. So anyways, all right. Go ahead, AP. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, Pace, for taking time out to jump on our podcast. I really enjoyed this interview. I learned a lot from you. I, I really didn't know who you were besides what Mo Chris was saying. I mean, I, I kind of looked at, listened to some of your poems. I didn't listen to the man bashing ones. I'm happy I didn't, but uh, <laughs> kind of looked up some of your stuff on Instagram too. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I appreciate you, man. I, I feel like, you know, I was connecting with you. Your vibe was positive and stuff like that. And I know you looking, you are about to get your PhD and all I, all I would say is, cause I know you got a lot of stuff on your plate. Just, uh, just, continue to i know you're not teaching anymore but if you can like just can try to give back to the young the younger generation because now we're at a point now where they need all the help they can get because it's not looking good and they need all the positive reinforcement and like you said the elders to step up so like i said i just hope that you continue to don't lose that teaching edge you know so that you can help the children going forward
0: oh yeah definitely i i I think i tweeted the other day because a song came on it was Love Don't Change by Jeremiah but it was a song that I ended up coming on in my classroom and all my kids in the classroom they knew it and started singing it and we were singing it together and it made me miss them so I I love the impact that I see on what I can bring about bring out of those kids so I definitely don't want to lose that just want to do it in a different way don't want to
3: right
0: do it through
2: the uh i'm glad to see all that respect for chicago artists just throwing that out
0: there
1: (laughs) well guys man and so there you have it you can follow pace at pace poetry on instagram you can follow us chemtrails at chemtrails podcast at instagram twitter facebook Uh, email us at chemtrailspodcasts at gmail.com And uh, what else? I everything I left out, fellas. And and yeah, till next time, man. Y'all, yeah, till next time.
2: Peace. Keep on rocking with
3: (laughs) us.
1: Hey, Chemtrail listeners, want to leave a message? Just click the link in our show notes to leave a voicemail. And if you come from a simpler times like myself, just call. Leave us a voicemail at 832-308-0529. And don't forget, all messages can record up to three minutes
3: long. What up, what up? It's your boy, A.P., Make sure you follow us at Chemtrails Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Once again, that's Chemtrails Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace out. Get your voice heard at
2: www.chemtrails.mn.co. Join the community.
1: No, no, but nice. we started, we started, we started over, we started over. What? I don't
2: hear that. Wait, 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 I don't know. Okay. I am agree. Okay. okay. Chris. Well, hey, Drake, I, your I boy, had it perfect man. and hey, I messed man. it up. Hey, Hey, Pete, man. I don't think, I think you called this. 100%. Man,
3: I told you. <laughs> I told
2: you, man. I, I'm going to ask this one time. This is for the listeners. He, this is not
1: for he me. He's going to be
3: stumbling
2: you, all man. over his words all day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hear you right here.
2: Oh, man.
1: So, Pace.